This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next, but first... Take a listen to this other fine OPI show. And friends would like to personally extend an invitation to you to join our 2020 graduation ceremony. And we'll be talking about some pancakes that are eaten in the middle of the street in Florida. As well as PETA's new attack on Animal Crossing. All that and more on this week's episode of And Friends. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Men, Men with Rick and Dave. Okay, he's a satirist, improv artist, stand-up comic, a writer, author, playwright, and NPR radio star, Chicagoan. We're lucky to have him on our show. Please welcome Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Ah. You know, as they would say in Iran, um, when I talk to you, it is the best day of my life. Wow. That is an expectation that is misplaced. Uh, I don't know how you say you're an idiot in I- I- Iranian or whatever, but uh, this is not. Well, if it is, you know what? Let's set the bar high. Let's right? do it. Uh, well, you know, I tell you, at my age, you, pretty much all you get really appreciative of all the days. Yeah, that's sure. a good point, especially in the in these times, right? Uh, you know, well, oh, one of the one something that I think is a just very interesting about you, obviously, is that you were born a Roman Catholic, like yeah. Rick, like Rick. No, well, no, I, no, I was not born a Roman Catholic. Oh, oh, I was I was born a, a Mennonite. Oh, wow. Well, at least when I grew up in Pembroke, Illinois, and we went to a Mennonite church. But in the '60s, the Catholic Church was very supportive of the civil rights movement. Oh. Gotcha. Which was good enough to get my mother to convert. And, wow! And so henceforth, you... you did you have to convert as well to be, or did you just? I, I mean, I check converted. I, 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 well, I went to no, I didn't. I never, I, as far as I know, I never actually converted. I mean, because you know, it was like you go to church. I was in Pembroke, Illinois. You go to church. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the Catholics we... are not. We're not picky. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll take anybody. Right. Right. All valid credit cards are uh, taken at the. Uh, 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 but the Catholics have been great. The Catholics were great. You know, the Berrigan brothers uh, were great uh, supporters of the civil rights movement. The Catholic Church, we, um, you know, they, they had a whole thing of t- sending uh, seminary students into the inner city oh. with their guitars. You know, I, I just say that I became Catholic during, or we became Catholic during the church's acoustic guitar period. I remember that the guitar mass. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but they were great little. And they would send little seminarians into the inner city, and they would take little kids like me to movies, and you know, it was a, a very much of a seduction into the faith. Uh, you may not have converted to Catholicism, but you did convert to Judaism. So now you're playing. For, and I did. And now you're playing for my team. Uh, so, uh, uh, now let me uh, let me just ask you: Did you, one day did you just wake up and go as an African American? You go, you know, I want to be discriminated against even more, so I'm going to become Jewish. Is that what was the thought process of becoming Jewish? Well, you know, it, it will not surprise you that people often say ask why, yeah. by which by by which they really mean what's wrong with you. <laughs> As you say, didn't you have enough trouble? Was it just too easy to rent an apartment? But, in fact, but it's it's a funny thing about that because 
you know, Ashkenazi Jews tend to think of themselves as um, an oppressed group. Yeah. But of course, from the perspective of an American Jew, you know, the, the Jews are like the most successful, wealthiest, powerful minority in, in the, maybe on Earth, but certainly in the U.S. So it is impossible for me to think of Jews as a as, a, as an oppressed group. Because I'm, an, I'm a Negro from the West Side. <laughs> I mean, when I was born, the United States was still lynching niggers. You yeah, know? yeah. So it, is, it, is, it is impossible for me to, I mean, to think of Jews as oppressed, as Judaism as an, joining an oppressed group. So, but no, my conversion really had more to do with, uh, you know, I'm a fairly curious guy. And I was trying to understand the origin of moral thought, to tell you the honest and good the truth. Uh, and my, the first one place I looked in trying to understand the origins of moral thought in Western culture was the Bible. And in reading it, it, it occurred to me, it seemed to me at the time, that the closest thing to what was going on in the Bible, which I looked to at the time as a, a moral foundation, was Judaism. Hmm. And so then I had a, at the time I had a TV show uh, talking with Aaron Freeman on Channel 50, and I started uh, asking our producer to get me rabbis because I wanted to talk about it <laughs> with the rabbis. Wow. And after a couple of weeks of this, the producer of a wonderful guy who, Emmy Award-winning producer Todd Whitman, he says, look, if you want to be a Jew, convert, but don't inflict it on the audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that well, sounds like a producer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I did uh, you know, let me, you know, as an African American, you were probably a better athlete than us Jews. When you converted, did you become a lousy athlete? That's what I always. Ah! <laughs> you know, did hey, you become... I remind you. Let me remind you, my brother, that back in the day, Jews owned basketball in Chicago. In, in Chicago, uh, on the on the West Side, that was the, they were they were huge powerhouses. And in fact, my brother-in-law, my late brother-in-law, Larry Rosenzweig, is one of the great. Uh, 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 basketball players in Illinois high school history. Wow. So there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Take that today. I'm just well, saying. And let's not forget Sid Luckman. Yeah. And some of the other, yeah. Sandy Koufax, some of the greatest athletes of, of the era, would you? Yeah. Oh, believe me. You're, you're, preach to me, brother. I get it. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. So Dave not, did hit a triple all. once yeah. in, yeah. in Little it, League. It's not, it's not all Nobel Prizes in economics, okay? <laughs> 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 so you, you've actually done quite a bit of uh, comedy and satire about your adopted religion, including you even wrote a book called The Comic Torah, which yeah. uh, you wrote with your wife. And that's it's. I was look, checking it out last night. It's kind of like a a graphic reimagining of the Bible's first few books. Isn't that right? Well, it's, a, it's a reimagining the, the Torah. The, yeah, the, the, right. But, I mean, uh, yeah, it's the, like a gr- you did it with, like, yeah. visuals and uh, illustrations. and so. What, Although, you know, I mean, yes, but, uh, you know, we thought that we were uh, doing a kind of a radical reimagining. Imagining. But it turns out that the most of what we did uh, is there is, first of all, it's all accurate. I mean, it's all like based on uh, the you know, uh, the teachings in the Talmud. Right. You didn't make up any literature. new stories. No, we didn't anything. make up. Yeah. But we, but it turns out that the actual uh, teachings of Rashi and some of the great uh, rabbinic scholars is way, way weirder than anything we would dare to have imagined. <laughs> well, that's cool. For example, for example, for example, you, you know Rashi, the great, uh, sure, one of, of the course. great... Yeah. So in Raji's telling uh, interpretation of Genesis, Adam had sex with all the animals. 
And, and be, that comes because when he finally meets A. Eve, he says, ah, this one is bone of my bone, <laughs> flesh of my flesh. Wow. Which Rashi, which Rashi interprets as he'd had sex with everybody else, but nobody else was bone. None of the other cows or tigers or snakes yeah. were bone of bone, flesh of flesh. This woman, this is the one I want here. This it, is the it, right fits. <laughs> it fits. It fits. <laughs> so, yeah, we did. The, the rabbis were they were way wilder than anything we ever dreamt about wow well you know most of my knowledge of judaism is from the ten commandments movie you are much better at this than i am i have no idea what you're even talking about <laughs> well ten commandments is pretty much it you know i mean we know that uh you know, the Torah was given to freed African slaves, and I'm sure that Charlton Heston was, he looks to me like an African slave. So I, <laughs> yeah, <that's> totally, <laughs> I totally buy it. And he did part the Red Sea. Uh, and so, he did part the Red Sea. So you... Uh, You've, this is a this is an area that you've mined for for many years, and you co-wrote the Arab Israeli Comedy Hour, which ran here on stage, and and you toured true. as a comic and uh, the Palestinian Israeli Comedy Hour. Um, Israeli it, Palestinian Comedy Tour. Comedy Tour. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, we travel the world doing it. It says tour on my thing here. <laughs> I can't. I don't have my glasses on. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> is it fair to say that that you think that humor? Uh, is something that can help to uh, bridge divides between the Arabs and the Jews? Well, you know, it's a very interesting thing about that. So our line was, if we can laugh together, we can live together. Mm-hmm. But So the Israeli-Palestinian comedy tour was me, Ray Hanania, uh, Palestinian, um, um, Charlie Wardy, and Yisrael Campbell. And we toured for like a year and a half, but we broke up because the Jews couldn't get along. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I know. I never heard of it. The right. idea of Jews uh, fighting Aaron, with Jews. Aaron, was it about a brisket? Please tell me it was about a brisket. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, at my age, I can't remember what it was about. You know, David, I, I think I, it had to. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think it had to do with politics. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dave and I, back in the day, we wrote a parody of. Um, West Side Story for our Sox fans and Cub fans. We call the South Side Story. And ah! while we were... While it would we were, have been huge, Darren. <laughs> we would have just turned it in somewhere. But yeah. while we were doing it, somebody said to us, you know, Aaron Freeman's already done this with the... Uh, right. In your as part of your show, isn't yeah. that true? So you cost us millions. And Thanks dude, a lot, Aaron. This is really why we want you on the show right now. Well, but you know the truth is, after some years after that, uh, some Israelis did West Bank Story. Okay, mine was West Bank Story, and they actually won an Academy Award for it. Well, how about that? <sighs> there you go. Just another, you know, uh, you know, Rick invented the internet, and he's not getting any credit <laughs> for it either. Uh, the pioneers are never respected, uh, Aaron. You know. Uh, I, I remember my wife and I saw uh, Do the White Thing, I think, three times. Was it at the Royal George? Where was it? Where Where did you go? Uh, we were first organic and then Steppenwolf North. Okay. Um, and I remember, well, first of all, the message to do, well, to talk, tell our listeners a little bit about Do the White Thing. And I want you, I, I'm, before I before you start, you were doing a riff. I mean, I remember you did the, the news in the beginning of the show you did like, a, or at some time during the show you did a... Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you did this brilliant riff on Dick Phelan. And I oh. I will never forget <laughs> that, that I, I I was just in awe of your uh, you know, just your the just the your improbability at that point. But tell everybody about Do the White Thing. I mean, I think it's just a it was just a great, great show. 
Well, you are most kind. Oh, like, I appreciate it. it very much. We had a, but no, it was my buddy, my, my dear, dear, dear friend and brand new dad, Rob Colson, hmm. who just had his first child. Oh, okay. congratulations. A single dad at 67. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's, wow. he's got nerve. Yeah, he's but. he's gonna throw his back out into the first the first car seat <laughs> thing. He's, he's he's screwed, is what he is. Yeah, you know who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you you know, never know. People, he could live to be a hundred yeah. and in perfect health for yeah. all anybody knows. But yeah, so Rob and I were very good friends uh, for a long time, and it turns out, and it, the truth is that West Bank story. I used to perform a cappella, and. I was performing it at a club called the Raccoon Club, or I called it the Coon Club, <laughs> down in uh, the North Loop, and uh, South Loop, I should say. And Rob was a, a banker at the time, working at Harris Bank, and the woman who ran, who owned the club, Jan, whose name I forget, uh, very nice woman though. Uh, she 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 uh, owned the club, and Rob came there one night and saw me doing West Bank Story a cappella, and he said, "Hey, you know, I can play that." And then he played it, and we became fast friends after that. And then from that little interact, because he's a, an economist, and I was a political comedian at the time. And so we made Do the White Thing was this kind of uh, financial political satire that was really ended up being a love song to Milton Friedman. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, like I said, the, you guys riffing on the news was just yeah. brilliant. I mean, just absolutely brilliant. Um, well, you're very kind. Well, of course, the news is always, as we say, we don't write the jokes. We just vote for them like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and this is freaking vaudeville right now, my friend. We are we are in the golden age right now. Or well, is satire dead completely? <laughs> one of the one or the other, right? Well, it, I mean, I'm just saying that the current administration puts in a lot of stiff competition for funny. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> it's very stiff competition. So I became aware of you through the radio, uh, and people are listening, you know, obviously the voice. You got the voice, man. You got that radio voice. <laughs> you got voice. the pipes, baby. Um, <laughs> and you were a constant president on NPR here in Chicago and also on national shows like All Things Considered. Now, I was a producer for Stephen Geary Show in Chicago, and a friend of mine, Janet Truhaff, suggested that I listen to you. We're talking Janet, years and years. Wait, now. Do you know now, Janet? You do know, are you kidding me? I married her. Did you I, really? I presided over the ceremony, the marriage of her and um, John. Got um, Yeah. Yes, I, I, I married him. Well, I, I, we love them. They are the greatest. I love them with all my heart. Well, she's love the one that made me an Aaron Freeman fan. That's probably why. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, Janet's wonderful. And so is John. Just uh, wonderful. Uh, that's wonderful. awesome. Yeah. Okay, Dave, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And we'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury. On the next Back to You, my partner Steve Baskerville tells us about a fascinating neighborhood character from his youth, the legend of the broom man. And we will complain... Although we have very little to complain about, but it's what we do, so we'll whine about common neighborhood routines. That's Back to You, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to You, an OPI show, only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. Well, so, so, um, you know, you were at NPR for years. How did you hook up there? You know, what, does, what, what are some of your proudest moments over the years there? Well, first of all, I'll tell you that the reason I ended up at NPR is I did this thing uh, before any of it called Council Wars, mm -hmm. which is yes, the most, right. the most, 
the most hyped six minutes of comedy in the history of Chicago entertainment. <laughs> but, it, but it was. It was, I mean, it was the thing for a while there. It was like the number one request on all the radio stations, blah, blah, blah. So I, I was at, at that time uh, quite the hot Chicago celeb. So I got interviewed by everybody. And at NPR, I had just made a lot of friends and they uh, wanted me on. But I'll tell you the I'll tell you what the thing I'm proudest of the thing you know because I'm I'm not a particularly talented guy, but oh. every now and then I can hit home runs. Yeah. Like Council Wars was a home run, grand slam out of the park. The other really wonderful thing I did, uh, I wrote I wrote the most popular physics based eulogy in the history <laughs> of the internet. Wow, that is very specific. Right, that's a niche. That is a real niche. You own that. You own that space. I own that shit. I own it. I own it. And but I mean, why and why I I did it like for all things considered back in like maybe 2010. And what what I'm why it is the thing that I'm proudest of, uh, aside from the fact that I own that little niche, but. Every month or so, I'll get. So this was just a a physics based eulogy about the uh, the first law of thermodynamics, how energy not nothing can be destroyed in a closed system. That every you know that you've dearly departed, every single molecule is still here in this world with us, in the physical sense. And so, uh, so every 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 month or so, I'll get a, a an anonymous email or message on Facebook from somebody saying, you know, I wanted to thank you for that physicist's funeral. My my father was an atheist, but that really gave him some peace. Or my sister was dying and it gave her peace. And that, you know, yeah, I mean, because that is a little piece of work that actually to this day continues to help people at a time when they could use some help. I'm very, very proud of that. You know, Rick and I have been thinking about doing an app where it's like you build your own eulogy. You put in, you know, the guy's name, you know, was he a military guy, you know, whatever. And it generates an app. You know, we can cut you in right now. We can do the physics (laughs) thing if you want. All right. I'm in. I'm in. Well, what are you you doing now? I mean, other than, you know, the highlight of your day being on our show. But what, you know, what are you you doing now? Talk talk to us. First of all, that's the highlight of my career. The show is it. Well, (laughs) some say. It's all downhill from here. But no, so, you know, uh, I'm on on YouTube and Facebook. I'm the Sciencey Optimist. I make little videos. I I work for the Society for Neuroscience. So I make funny videos about brains. And then I just generally, you know, I I spent two years as artist in residence for the Chicago Council for Science and Technology. So, you know, I, I, and to this day, I interview people, interview scientists and and neuroscientists, physicists, uh, sociologists, those are my regular guys. I have a regular uh, cast of characters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, like lately, I just, I'm just finishing up a series. Last month, <laughs> I'm a little slow, a little behind, but last month was Parkinson's Awareness Month. So I was talking to um, Dr. Michael Rizak, who's from uh, Northwestern. He's now on on East, and uh, Jennifer Pallone, and they're both neurologists who work with movement disorders. So, uh, and they were telling the sad, the sad tale that cannabis is actually not good for people with Parkinson's, yeah. which is. Uh, well, you know, it, it's 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 unfortunate because one of my dearest friends has Parkinson's, and he really loved getting high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was not. It, so, that's, but, so that's how we're doing that. Um, and my buddy Nick Gross, a physicist out at um, Boston University, so we're doing a series of uh, videos about kitchen physics. Um, 
so today we're working on a, a, a video about the the lightning frost effect. Wow, you are way too smart for us. Rick was just talking oh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, no, you the lightning frost effect. You know, like if you put, if you have a, a heat up a pan so that's really hot. Yeah. And put droplets of water. Those droplets of water will dance around. Yes. As opposed to if you if you put it if you pour it into a pot that's just a little warm, they'll just it'll they'll, the water will flow. But if you put it in a pot that's way really hot, it'll dance around. And what happens is if you take any liquid and put it onto a surface that is way that liquid's boiling point before the water actually start, the water will start to evaporate before it hits the surface of the pan, and it'll create this little cushion of steam, and that's what makes it dance around because it's moving on this cushion of steam before it gets hot enough to fully evaporate. Oh. Wow. So, <laughs> so, wow. So we're making a video about the light and frost effect because people are sitting in homes and these are little physics, physics experiments that you can do with nothing more than a frying pan and a uh, glass of water. <laughs> so we're, we're doing kitchen physics. Yeah, perfect COVID activities. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, listen, Aaron, I we really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to uh, hop on the show with us. Uh, this has oh. been a, a, a thrill for us to talk to you. Oh, this is my absolute best day. I told you best day of my life. I told you <laughs> at the beginning, best day of my life. You know what, Rick? I think we're really making a difference in people's lives. <laughs> thanks, Aaron. Thank you so much. Hey, we really appreciate it. Good, good health. Be safe. And thanks again. All right, thank you. I hope it's the best day of your life. <laughs> I think it is. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla, Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead, it's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. This Opie podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, we talk about cool cars that have hidden headlights and the social aspects of zebra crosswalk behavior. Wait, what? We talk about cool cars that have hidden headlights and the social aspects of zebra crosswalk behavior. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Is that a on your mask how does a cow make milk sex dolls in the stands my brush with barbara billingsley from leave it to beaver and our celebrity interview with bo thompson who's collecting a million cub cards yay (laughs) good for him (laughs) all that and unlimited tangents on this week's minutiaman tony lasano podcast and opi production on the radio misfits podcast network radiomisfits.com